Welcome to Radar Contact, the audio show that teaches pilots how to speak professionally and with confidence to air traffic control. And now, here's your host, airline pilot, author, and host of ATCCommunication.com, Jeff Canarish. Cessna 9130 Delta, request left closed traffic. Cessna 9130 Delta, make right closed traffic. Report midfield, right downwind. Cessna 9130 Delta, right closed traffic. We'll report a midfield right downwind. Huh, that's odd. There's no one else in the airport pattern right now. Why would Tower not approve a left-hand pattern for me? That makes no sense. What was that controller thinking? <laughs> that's a good question. I could answer it, but let's wait a second and hear what happens next. Beechcraft 528 Romeo Mike is 6 miles south of the airport, inbound for landing. Beechcraft 528 Romeo Mike, enter a midfield left downwind for runway 27. Beechcraft 528 Romeo Mike, will enter a midfield left downwind for runway 27. So, does that answer your question about what Tower was thinking? The Tower controller has the big picture. In this case, the controller has a radar repeater scope called a bright display in the tower cab. The bright display shows all traffic in the area, including aircraft inbound to the airport. In this case, the tower controller knew there was a Beechcraft inbound to the airport from the south, even before the pilot of that airplane contacted tower by radio. And since the inbound Beechcraft was coming up from the south, the controller knew it would be easier to put the Cessna in a right-hand pattern north of runway 27. With runway 27 acting as a dividing line between the north and south airport patterns, the tower controller created a simple solution for keeping one aircraft and the other aircraft separated. I know what you're thinking. Both the Cessna and the Beechcraft need to land on the same runway, runway 27. The right-hand traffic pattern and the left-hand traffic pattern join up on the final approach to the runway. You're absolutely correct. If it looks like the Cessna and the Beechcraft are going to arrive on final approach at the same time, Tower can easily avoid this conflict by any number of ways. He could tell either the Cessna or the Beechcraft to make a 360-degree turn, or he could tell either to continue on the downwind leg. This action will delay the turn to base leg for one aircraft, sequencing it safely behind the other. For now, consider the point of this discussion. Since Tower has the big picture, that is, he knows where all of the aircraft in his area are located and where they are headed. He can deconflict flight paths even before you may be aware of other aircraft in the area. After all, he has a radar display and landlines that help him coordinate aircraft movements with other controllers working airspace that surround the airport. All you have at your disposal to create the big picture are your ears to listen to the radio and your eyes to look for traffic. Unfortunately, you can only hear the radio transmissions of other pilots that have checked in on the frequency you're currently using. All you can see are other aircraft that are framed within the windows of your cockpit and within visual range. Now let's be very clear about this. I am not telling you to sit there and blindly let air traffic controllers do all of the work to keep you separated from other aircraft. The Federal Aviation Regulations clearly state that the pilot in command is still responsible for clearing for traffic in visual conditions. 
I'm also not telling you to let your guard down and never question anything an air traffic controller says to you or fails to say to you. What I am saying is this. There will be times when ATC tells you to do something for which the reason is not immediately apparent. Almost always, the reason this happens is because ATC is trying to work you in with traffic that is either not yet on your radio frequency or is not within your sight. Let's look at some other examples in which a tower controller might tell you to do something for which there is no immediate and apparent reason. In our first example, you are planning to make multiple touch-and-goes in an airport pattern and you're climbing away from runway 27 after takeoff. Just as you are about to begin your turn-to-left crosswind, Tower says this, Cessna 30 Delta, continue on the takeoff leg. I'll call your turn to crosswind. What's going on here? There is nobody on downwind, and no one has reported inbound to the airport. Wait a second, and you'll get your answer. Citation 720 Echo Sierra, traffic as a Cessna 172 on the takeoff leg for runway 27. Fly runway heading, runway 23, cleared for takeoff. Aha, there's your answer. Tower has cleared a citation to take off from runway 23. This means the citation will be climbing away from the runway off your left side, and if you had turned left onto the crosswind leg, your flight path would have conflicted with the citation's flight path on your left. Tower plans to hold you on the takeoff leg, allowing the citation to safely pass by on your left, and once the citation passes, you can expect Tower to clear you to turn to left crosswind. Here's another one. You're currently on downwind for runway 27. There is no one else in the traffic pattern. Tower says, Cessna 9130 Delta, continue on the downwind. I'll call your base. Even as you answer, you wonder, why won't Tower let you turn base leg at your own discretion? Just then, you hear, Town and Country Tower, Learjet 684, India Charlie, six-mile final for runway 27. Tower replies, Cessna 684, India Charlie, your number one, runway 27, clear to land. Traffic is a Cessna 172 on the downwind to follow you. Again, it's usually the traffic you don't see or don't hear that produces instructions from Tower that don't immediately make sense. Does that make sense? I hope so, because towards the end of this show, I'm going to ask you to try on an air traffic controller's hat and make some decisions about how to sequence traffic in an airport pattern. We just finished talking about directions given by a tower controller when you are in an airport pattern. Many pilots have written to me saying they have a difficult time responding to tower controller's instructions, especially when they are first learning how to fly. There are several methods for learning to communicate with tower. I just had an article published in the March issue of Flight Training Magazine on that very subject. The article, called Walk the Talk, describes an exercise you can do at home for absolutely zero cost that will train you to fly and talk to tower without stress. If you don't subscribe to Flight Training Magazine, which is a publication of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, I highly recommend that you do. If you aren't a subscriber to Flight Training, you can definitely get all of the information in the article I just had published by picking up a copy of my book, Radio Mastery for VFR Pilots. 
The Walk the Talk exercise I describe in the March issue of the magazine is explained in full in my book. You may also find hundreds of radio communication exercises in my workbook, appropriately called Radio Mastery for VFR Pilots Workbook. The point of both of these books is to provide you with exercises you can try at home and when you practice in an airplane. Both are designed for student pilots and low-time licensed pilots, though there are actually quite a few tips for high-time professional pilots, too. You can pick up your copy at Amazon.com right now by using the links to the book in the left-hand margin of your website, atccommunication.com, or by going directly to Amazon.com and search for Radio Mastery for VFR Pilots. That search will produce both the paperback book and the workbook. And here's the really cool part. How many books have you read this year where you can contact the author directly if you have a question? I'm always ready to answer any questions that come up as you read my books. Simply write to me at jeff at atccommunication.com. I strive to answer all email within one day of receipt, so give me a shout anytime. People often ask me, Jeff, what shampoo do you use? Your hair smells so good. (laughs) They also ask, Jeff, why the inconsistency in putting out podcasts? Some months you put out two podcasts, other months you don't put out anything at all. Well, let me answer those questions. First, (laughs) I use Swab's Rosemary and Mint Shampoo, which you can pick up at almost any retailer. Second, The frequency that I put out podcasts is almost entirely controlled by the amount of work I put in on the aircraft radio simulator. I work on building the simulator almost daily, but the intensity of work varies from week to week. When I'm very busy with the simulator, I have less time at the computer to do other work, such as produce a podcast. Given the resources I have at my disposal, a 20-minute edition of Radar Contact takes eight hours to produce. This includes writing the script, recording the show, completing post-production on the broadcast, and then building a supporting article and the answer to the question of the week at atccommunication.com. Since the aircraft radio simulator is such a huge project, any other project I undertake, such as recording a podcast, competes with progress on the simulator. So what you may see as an inconsistency in podcast publishing, I see as trying to strike a balance between work on the simulator and everything else. And hey, while we're talking about the simulator, here's where things stand as of right now. As you may know, by listening to past shows, I'm working on converting the aircraft radio simulator from Flash programming to HTML5 and JavaScript programming. There are many reasons for making this switch, but the most important is the benefit you will get from it. HTML5 is tuned to current web browsers, including mobile web browsers. JavaScript is also universal and less prone to the security issues that detract from Flash. You will also benefit from crystal clear graphics and much smoother animations than you currently see in the Flash version of the simulator that I have posted at atcinsider.com. Of course, the most noticeable difference will be the new aircraft radio simulator will have simulated air traffic controllers with artificial intelligence programming. You will be able to listen to and respond to ATC in the new simulator. The controller will also respond to your flying, and if the controller sees you are not flying where he told you to go, the controller will speak up and give you a correction. 
I've given up trying to predict a completion date for the new simulator, but I plan to have a limited demonstration of the new technology online within a month, which means sometime in the third week of March 2014. Stay tuned for updates at atccommunication.com and at atcinsider.com. The FAA just announced new air traffic control procedures that apply to the nation's largest and busiest airports. I'll tell you why I'm covering this in a moment, since I know you probably don't have occasion to fly out of Chicago's O'Hare International or, say, Las Vegas's McCarran. Basically, the new procedure described in JO 7110.652 says this, When controlling runways with departure or arrival paths that converge, a tower controller may not approve an airplane to take off until the aircraft landing on the converging runway has landed and slowed to taxi speed. If the landing aircraft goes around, the aircraft on the go-around must fly past the converging runway used for departures or become established on a heading away from the departure runway before the controller is allowed to clear an airplane to take off. By the way, if you have a question about what a converging runway is, all you need to do is look in the show notes for this show, and there's a good illustration of what converging runways look like. The reason for this new rule is simple. In the past, tower controllers have cleared aircraft to take off only to have an airplane go around on a converging runway, and the flight path of the airplane on the go around crossed the flight path of the airplane taking off. By instituting this new rule, the FAA hopes to avoid conflicts between aircraft taking off and aircraft going around on converging runways. Even though the rule applies to the big airports such as O'Hare, Kennedy, and Logan, the FAA's new rule says it will be applied to, and I'm quoting here, affected airports beginning in July of this year. What I'm saying is this. If you fly out of some of the busier general aviation airports that have converging runways, your takeoff may be delayed until an aircraft landing on the other runway either finishes the landing rollout or passes your runway after a go-around. Then again, the FAA's wording in the new rule is vague. They don't really explain what they mean by affected airports. We'll just have to wait and see. If you want to take a look at the rule yourself, I have a link to the order in PDF format, and the link is in the show notes for this show. And now, let's get to your question of the week. This week's question is actually a quiz that is designed to put you in the shoes of an airport tower controller working at a busy airport with two intersecting runways. Take the quiz and see how you do. And if you're listening to this show on iTunes, you may access the quiz by going to atccommunication.com. The quiz is underneath the show notes for this edition of Radar Contact, right on the homepage of the website. Cheating is strongly encouraged, and all answers are available at atccommunication.com forward slash answers. So if you get stuck, just go and take a look at the answer for a particular question. And as always, if the quiz generates any questions of your own, please feel free to write to me. Now let me change that. Please do write to me at jeff at atccommunication.com. Music for this show was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com on a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you're flying this week, I hope you have beautiful weather and a great time. And if you're flying at a class Delta airport and Tower tells you to do something and the reason isn't immediately clear why, wait a few seconds and listen to the radio. 
The answer will usually become clear when you listen to the next couple of transmissions. Of course, if you are ever in doubt about what you should be doing next, don't be a passenger. Be a good pilot in command and ask the controller for clarification. I'm Jeff Canarish for ATCCommunication.com saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.